It's a me. It's a Mario. And it's Macabre. That was the voice of Chris Pratt. And we are <laughs> here. Welcome to Monday Morning Macabre. We got some big news to talk about. Big fans. Seth Rogen as Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. Honestly, love it. If you don't like it, you're wrong. I think the only, when I saw any of those, a lot of it's not bad. Like, I can see Charlie Day as Luigi. I was going to say, my favorite part of the gang is Luigi. And then I could see Jack Black doing a crazy Bowser voice. Yeah, I could see it too. And then, like, Peach doesn't have, like, a distinct catchphrase, so Anya Taylor-Joy is a great actress, so why not? I think think Chris Pratt definitely, to me, is the most egregious, just because I'm like... (laughs) He's like, a, <laughs> yeah. he's like a sexy male action lead. <laughs> yeah, and Mario's an Italian plumber. Mario's only ever said, huh? Yeah, he's like, uh-huh. like oh, wait, no, that was, I just did Mickey Mouse. Wahoo, yeah, you, yeah. like that. But, so I, yeah, how do, everyone's so upset because the oh, wrong right, guy's going, wahoo. <laughs> like, yeah. It's one of those things where, like, it's it's so old and has such a fan base that spans yeah. ages that people have to get upset no matter who they cast. Dude, I don't know if you saw the new Star Fox uh, voice actors were announced, and you got Hulk Hogan as uh, <laughs> as Flippy or whatever. <laughs> That's the frog's name. <laughs> Slippy. Hulk Hogan is Slippy Toe. <laughs> Slippy Incredible. Falco's obviously played by... Um, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. That's the guy's <laughs> name I was trying to think of. She's great. She can do it all. Yeah. Star Fox is the ghost. Did you see that chess movie Wilder. that was actually a drug addiction movie? It's not a movie. It's a show, dude. I don't know. I didn't see it. It's really good. Watch the, uh, hey, watch I the Queen's Gambit. I like her in the Gambit. Witch, though. Oh, that was her in the Witch, wasn't it? Yes. That's crazy. Anyway, watch the Queen's Gambit. It's good. Get, get, pre-order your, get your tickets for Mario. Uh, calling it now 88% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Guaranteed. I'm, oh wait, no. Okay, let's make our official bets here. All I'm right. going. Uh, you said 88. I'm gonna go. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. go do we want realistic bets or fun haha bets? Uh, no, realistic bets. Right. The 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 audience critic store score combined into the, the like tomato the ab- score. Okay. Uh, 46. percent Ooh, I have it at hovering around 73. Wow. I think it's gonna be better than you think. It's either going to be like Dougal, where they have all of the best. <laughs> shout out, Jimmy. It's going to be like Dougal, where they have all the best actors, and then it's just a absolute mess. Or it's going to be like the Lego movie, where you're like, this doesn't make sense. And then you're like, wait, this movie's really good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think... So I'm hitting I'm hitting right in the middle, baby. Yeah, you're and apparently, <laughs> you aimed low, so I guess as long as it's over 73, I win. But <laughs> um, Okay, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, if it gets, dude, if it gets a ninety percent, then the cinema industry is gonna just collapse. Well, what did in the on Lego itself. movie get? But this is, I think, this is more egregious than the Lego movie. You think so? Sonic also got was much better than people thought it was. Granted, like the whole although admittedly, yeah, but it's got with, Benny like, Schwab. Changing. So that's true. You can't go one, wrong the, with Benny Schwab. The Schwa. one thing that I think is uh, keeping Mario from becoming a great success is the original Mario movie being so fucking bad. So yeah, but it's like cult classicy now because it's guess, so bad. But that's anyway. I bet it's gonna have a resurgence because of how <laughs> bad it is, and because of this. Hey also, guys, Lego Movie ninety six percent. Holy fuck! Yeah, it got, it got really good reviews. Um, hey everybody, welcome to Monday Morning Macabre, <laughs> uh, the show where we talk about spooky, creepy stuff like Chris Pratt's voice, and uh, it's Scones and Darcy. As you as you probably know, you guys listen. You guys know what we're talking about. You guys know what we're 
the words were saying. Dude, the worst part is he probably didn't even have to audition. That's what really grinds my gears. (laughs) We're never getting past this, guys. Uh, Sorry, this episode is now completely Mario-based. Yeah, they were like, we need a Mario. Mario movie-based. Also, if it was, if Mario was like, I feel, and this is, we're going to get into some, maybe this will be too problematic to, to actually leave in the pod, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. If Mario was any other, like, like, ethnicity, people would lose their minds. What do you mean, besides Italian? If he was, see, because he's Italian, it's like, oh, he he ha ha, that's funny, a spicy meatball. But if it was like, if if Mario was like, I don't know, Chinese, and then Chris well, Pratt was the voice. technically he's Japanese, isn't he? <laughs> well, okay, for, you know what I mean, though. He was born in Japan. And if Chris um, Pratt was doing the voice like of like. like a famous Italian actor right now? Um, like, like that's hot right now. I know, obviously, there's like endless amounts of like older. Well, Italian I feel actors, like but. there's a million. I mean, I'm sure. For all I know, Chris Pratt <laughs> could be Italian. I don't fucking know. I don't Robert think De Niro. he is. Yeah, De, De Niro as Mario would be Al Pacino. Bowser, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really good. All right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Who, 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 Instead of, yeah, instead, instead of, of the, the jumps. Who, <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Wait, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. Um, <laughs> I hope that's not, is that weird? I don't know. Hey, hey guys, Hoo-ah. let's move into the, the subject of today, Scones. I'm going to be bringing yeah, Scones. Yeah, let's do it. Hoo-ah. I'm going to be bringing Scones the. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got pirated. I did, I know, that I had to bail immediately. <laughs> Dude, it's your typecast as a sea captain. You I'm, I'm Al Pacino's <laughs> ghost. <laughs> Oh man, um, that's spooky, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> it's the content they come. So for. anyway, today I'm going to be bringing scones a listener suggestion. Shout out to Sarah <gasps> underscore O six. You made it, and I God, I hope O six is not your birthday because it makes me feel old. Dang, she just missed beating out Sarah underscore O one through five. Yeah, she was like ah. Also, she went with the zero. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I gotta keep that in because I love the Al Pacino references and it would I've not like make peaked, sense. I peaked my mic so much <laughs> doing the fucking the <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. People are gonna be like, we lost a lot of data on that one. <laughs> um, so Sarah06, thank you so much for sending in actually two suggestions, but I, I chose just one of them. Because Scones, today we're going to be talking about Oh, yeah, the enduring it. mystery behind the murder of Sophie Tuscan du Plantier. Ooh. Ooh. I have absolutely no idea what this is, so I'm excited. Band. Hooah. Band. Hooah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thanks, Bad, so much. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. We don't have the music. Um, so, Scones. Sophie Tuscan Duplantier. Two days before, and this is a, a French. biography.com article. So, Ooh. yeah, I know. We're getting a little. It's not all that's not interesting. All that's in, not so interesting. Uh, but shout out to Sarah Kettler for this article she wrote. And I will recite to the listener. Recite me. Recite me. Witness me. uh, Two days before Christmas in 1996, the battered body of 39-year-old French filmmaker Sophie Tuscan Duplantier was discovered outside her isolated vacation home in Ireland. As Duplantier's husband, parents, and son mourned her, an Englishman who lived in the area 
Ian Bailey, became the prime suspect in her murder. However, Bailey always officially denied any involvement in the death and no forensic evidence has tied him to the crime. So, let's get so, into the deets. She's a filmmaker. Filmmaker. So she had written the first spec script for Mario. And, <laughs> <laughs> and she wanted to cast an Italian person. Yeah, understandably. Uh, so Duplantier's death was the first murder in the town in decades. Duplantier considered her Irish farmhouse a refuge from her busy life in France alongside her famous film producer husband, Daniel Tuscan Duplantier. But the quiet setting turned deadly. At approximately 10 in the morning on December 23, 1996, a neighbor spotted Duplantier's body lying on a path near her house in Tourmore, West Cork. It was clear she had been brutally attacked. A murder hadn't occurred locally for decades meaning the police had no experience with this type of investigation. Something <laughs> like that we see us. every single goddamn time. I don't think yeah. any police force in any town has apparently has like experience with it because almost every time something goes wrong because the, the experience of the police are, are, is just not up to snuff. Those damn safe towns. Damn safe towns. I mean, that is the plot of how many like... I know, right? Shows. Right. <laughs> And, it's, and then it's, it's always like the like detective who actually knows his stuff comes and he's like, what do you mean you touched the body? Yeah, what's his name from Twin Peaks? Yeah, uh, tw uh, Marcus Twins. <laughs> Cherry Pie, <laughs> Johnny Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Stacy Peaks, Johnny Pine Trees, and Twinny the Goat. Uh, so police had no experience. And Duplantier's body, dressed in a t-shirt and leggings, was left outside until the pathologist arrived the next day. Which is crazy oh, to me. Came into town. They were like, all right, don't touch the what body. Year is this? this is 97. Or 96. <laughs> also, shout out, my family's from Cork. Hey, pop bottles. Um, <laughs> hey, pop goes to pop. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the, the police leave the body there for an entire day, uh, which is strange to me. Given that the time given the time that had elapsed before the arrival, before his arrival, it was impossible to pinpoint a time of death. Other forensic evidence may have been lost due to this delay. That seems like a super important piece of yeah, evidence. It's, yeah, it turns out uh, forensic evidence is a big part of evidence. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean the time of death, because how do you match alibis? Right, and shit? right, right. The autopsy revealed that Duplantier had 50 injuries. Her face had been battered with a concrete block and a rock. Her fingers were broken, presumably from trying to defend herself, and she had apparently run through briars and encountered, encountered barbed wire, possibly in a bid to escape, which is super unfortunate that yeah, there was grisly. just barbed wire around. So there was no signs of sexual assault, um, and only one, blood sample, well, only one blood sample from the crime scene revealed DNA that didn't belong to Duplantier. Now, in the beginning, there was no clear suspect. The police tried to track Duplantier's movements from the time she'd flown into Cork Airport on her own on December 20th. The police spoke to numerous witnesses and received anonymous tips on the phone. The case also drew media attention. One reporter who covered Duplantier's murder for several publications was Ian Bailey, a British national who'd worked as a journalist in England before relocating to Cork in 1991, where he focused on poetry and gardening. Sounds like a pretty good life. Yeah. Little home and gardens, dude? I picture Bilbo Baggins. Like, <laughs> yeah, Bilbo Baggins nice is about to become center. prime suspect num numero uns. <gasps> so, not as not as cool of a dude. Nope. So Duplantier's husband, though he didn't fly to Ireland after his wife's death, was not seen as a viable suspect. 
Their relationship had experienced problems but was considered a happy one at the time of her murder, and Daniel, who spoke to Duplantier on the phone a short time before the attack, was in France. An ex-lover of Duplantier's had been upset at the end of their affair years earlier, but also had a solid alibi. Police were on the lookout for people who had scratches and soon noticed that Bailey had such injuries on his hands. When questioned, Bailey said his hands and his forehead had been scratched by climbing a tree to cut its top off for a Christmas tree and from killing a turkey. Just st- standard. Just getting all the holidays out of the way. Yeah, right. right He's like, all right, let's get November through January done. (laughs) Shoot a turkey, climb a tree, baby. Ride a horse. (laughs) Save a cowboy. Save a cowboy. (laughs) Wrong way? Uh, Anyway. (sighs) So he comes up with that sick alibi, and then a forester (laughs) was like, bruh, uh, the type of tree... (laughs) A forester said that the type of tree Bailey climbed was unlikely to produce such wounds. Questions also arose about the amount of detail in Bailey's articles. In addition, the person Bailey said told him that the victim may have been French has stated he was unaware of this information at the time of their call. So, Bailey gets cuffed up. He gets cuffed and not in like a shipping way, young kids. Uh, (laughs) Cuffing season's coming up. Hashtag. Bailey who willingly provided a hair sample, denied any involvement in the murder when he spoke with the police. But he said to one editor that he'd committed the murder to reignite his career. Friends also revealed that Bailey had made a confession about going, quote, too far to them, and a local teenager who received a lift from Bailey in early February 1997 told authorities that the reporter said to him, I went up there and smashed her brains in with a rock. Now, I mean, not to laugh at such a horrific thing. I did but, not expect you to say that right. at all. Yeah, so I'm not trying to make light of it, but if you get in a dude's you're like, hey, can you drive me up the road? And he's like, yeah, by the way, I went up there and I smashed, like, I'd be like, wow, pull over, please. This is My crazy. Dude, oversharing. So that's crazy. Uh, Bailey was also tied to the crime by a witness who told police he'd been in the vicinity of Duplantier's farmhouse on the night of the murder, and Bailey had a history of violence, having beaten his partner, artist Jules Thomas, on at least two occasions prior to Duplantier's murder. On February 10, 1997, Bailey was arrested, as was his partner, but both were released without charges. In January 1998, Bailey, alone this time, was again arrested but again was released without charges. So this dude just keeps getting away. He's like, bro, there's just so many turkeys and trees I got to cut down. Even though he's like, I sm- I'm smashing heads in with rocks. Yeah, like, and I'm just like... Me. And they're like, nah, you seem genuine. Yeah, you seem like a cool dude who's not a fucking psycho. love the holidays. Get out of here, you scant. <laughs> so Bailey explained away his, quote, confessions as dark humor, which is like, what are you fucking... Like, what an asshole. He explained away his confessions as dark humor or his re or his reiterating was what was being said about him. So he's like, I'm just making light of the terrible things people are calling me. And I'm like, that's just not a cool move, I don't think, in that situation. I like how it just flies in Ireland. You're just like, ah, jokester. (laughs) There had been no indication of forced entry at Duplantier's home, indicating she willingly opened her door. Bailey denied knowing Duplantier, saying he had only seen her while gardening for her neighbor. Though, his, though this assertion was contradicted by others who said the two had been introduced. No forensic evidence was found to tie him to the murder. Bailey was found guilty in a trial in absentia. In 2001, 
Ireland's Director of Public Prosecutions ruled that there was not enough evidence to support the prosecution of Bailey for Duplantier's murder. The eyewitness who'd placed Bailey near the scene of the crime recanted her testimony in 2005 with the explanation that she had been pressured by police to name Bailey. Oh, jeez. Is this going to be like the fucking Arkansas murders that we talked about where, like, the, the threads go deep? No. Uh, they don't go deep, unfortunately. So to ruin the excitement, <laughs> ain't going that deep. Yeah, calm down, listener. Calm down. Sit down. Stop. You're on the edge of your seat. Relax. Put your feet up. Get to up. the back of that seat. Put your feet up. Get get some arch support. Not arch support. That's your feet. Get some lumbar support. Get some pumpkin coffee and get some pumpkin in. spice. Watch the leaves fall. <laughs> my, my, my EP is coming out soon, gang. I was gonna say, did you record that for Dunks? That's my Duncan. Yeah, that's my new hook for the Dunkin' commercial. It's me walking into a Dunkin's and I go, pumpkin spice, let the leaves fall. And then hot coffee thrown in my face. (laughs) 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 And then all the yeah, the back the the (laughs) (laughs) The backing track cuts out and it's me screaming for a minute and a half. And it's like America runs on Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me, Duncan. Go so anyway. The investigation into Duplantier's death wasn't over, however. Though she had been killed in Ireland, French law sanctioned official inquiries into the death of French citizens abroad. With support from Duplantier's friends and relatives, such an investigation gained momentum in 2008. Authorities in France received the Irish case files and exhumed Duplantier's body to conduct their own examination, which is kind of a cool thing for the French government to do. That is cool. They're not just like, well, can't help you, you weren't here. Yeah, you weren't by old Paris. (laughs) The French autopsy uncovered no new evidence, but a magistrate believed there was a case against Bailey. The magistrate issued a warrant for Bailey's arrest in 2010. The Irish Supreme Court ruled against extradition in 2012 and again refused to extradite Bailey in 2017. In May 2019, Bailey was tried in absentia in France. He called the proceedings a, quote, farce. But three judges at the Cour de Diasis, I have no idea how to speak that no, word. you nailed it. Thank you, Cordiacicis. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Cordiacicis. Uh, they found him guilty and issued a 25-year sentence. The case remains an unsolved mystery. Irish courts ruled against extraditing Bailey following his 2019 conviction, yet he could face extradition outside of Ireland. Bailey said in 2021, quote, If I went to England, I would be immediately arrested on foot of the European arrest warrant. Duplantier's family remain convinced of Bailey's guilt, but his conviction hasn't resolved the mystery surrounding Duplantier's death for everyone. The one bit of DNA found at the crime scene that didn't belong to Duplantier has not been identified. Speculations about other potential killers has ranged from a theory that a hitman tracked and killed Duplantier to the unlikely supposition that she was attacked by a stray horse. Which is a crazy thought. Though Bailey has sometimes seemed to enjoy his notoriety, he has also spent decades as a murder suspect. And Duplantier's loved ones must cope. What is that like? What's his day-to-day? Yeah, I don't know. That seems crazy that like, hey, if you leave Ireland, you're going to jail for 25 years. And then also hope that everyone in Ireland doesn't like absolutely despise you because you are the prime suspect in a murder case that's unresolved. It's probably not great. I I don't know. I don't know if Ireland is to know if people would even give a shit. (laughs) <laughs> if they'd be like, oh, you and that French lady, that was crazy a couple years ago, huh? And he's like, yeah, dude, dark humor. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just joke, <laughs> just joshing. 
I was just, yeah, joking around with the boys. Turns out gets you so prime suspect number one. Do you think that'll happen to us someday? We're going to be joking about one of these, like, and we're murders prime on suspects? this podcast. Yeah, from uh, these unsolved I think ones. we I have not spoken about, like, one that is currently taking place, so I think we're in the clear. I think uh, we have. <laughs> for We have solid alibis. I think we've talked about multiple ones that are still open. And being I, yeah, well, I mean, I think that we have really good alibis for this one, given that it took place in 96, which would have made us toddlers. Uh, hey, I was advanced. You were advanced, but I was in Tiara, baby. <laughs> uh, um, so if you guys want to see... <laughs> <laughs> toddlers and Tiaras? Mean? You know Toddlers oh, and Tiaras? That was a... I, Sorry, I, I went to C went on that right one. Right over my head. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah, you might have been advanced. <laughs> what, are you some kind of dumbass doesn't watch TLC? Bro, you don't watch Toddlers and Tiaras? <laughs> you didn't see the new season? Hoo-ah! <laughs> <laughs> Toddlers and Tiaras. Yeah, so new season of Toddlers and Tiaras coming out is what we're trying to get across in this episode. So be sure to check that out. Um, That's what this was all leading up to. Yeah, so this is an unresolved murder. And this Bailey dude's just walking around. And turkeys and trees are a good... Turkeys and trees is my new streetwear company. Uh, And also... I would buy. A good alibi, I guess. So... And, yeah... I don't know. That's what. What is she? What are her films? Are they like big? I don't know. Is she like very? Was she very famous at the time? Does, are you gonna try and guess the Rotten Tomato scores of her films? Yes, <laughs> I can. Was she in any movies with Al Pacino? Is what I'm getting to. <laughs> is this all Al Pacino? It all comes full circle. <laughs> but in French. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> maybe the scariest noise you could hear walking alone. From behind Al Pacino you in a bush. sneaking up on you. It's just hoo-ah. <laughs> like, I'd be like, this is the end. And he's like old enough that if he <laughs> looked back and it was dark, he'd be pretty scary looking too. Yeah, he's a terrifying human. <laughs> Al, we want you on the podcast. Give us a call. Al, come on down. We know this isn't above you. He has and hoo-ahs. Are you slinging dingers this, pop podcast? Uh, you so you listeners, can bring Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci too. Yeah. We can discuss Italians and why none of you are playing Mario. <laughs> I hope this isn't problematic. It's not meant to I be. mean, I think, it, I think an Italian person should be playing Mario instead of Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Italian actors. All right, we're going to get into this. Um, Listeners, I hope you... I hope you... Literally none of these people are under, like, 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be an up-and-coming, like, Italian kid. I don't know. Like, any of the people from Peaky Blinders that play the Italian people? Yeah, there you Adrian go. Brody. That was good. Yeah, Adrian Brody to be Mario. So he'd be like, I'm Mario. Like, oh, it's me. Um, <laughs> you're, that's you're my doing Adrian like Brody. A Marlon Brando. Yeah, like. I'm doing, I'm, no, I'm doing Adrian Brody from Peaky Blinders when he's playing like Marlon Brando. Yeah, he's like scratching his, yeah, or, like doing the weird like reverse scratch with your neck. Anyway, gang, I hope that was an interesting unresolved murder. Uh, feel free to look into it. Uh, find who do you out. Think, who do you think did it, Dars? I think it was the guy with the scratches all over his face that uh, match up with the injuries sustained by the would-be assailant. But that's just me. I think it's deeper. I think there's a possibility that her husband hired. Like, oh, you think husband in France hired an assassin? Yes. That like, would, I mean, that's I don't a, know. No sexual assault. She but was I just kind of like, chased and killed. All right, but then, if you're like, an assassin... He didn't travel to Ireland at all when she died. But does that seem like a professional hit to you? 
a very clumsily brutal like wouldn't he just have like a silenced pistol and just be like bang and walk away you know I don't know maybe are those hard to get in Ireland maybe gun laws are strict I would have to assume that you can I, this is such an American like point of view bro you can get one at Walmart what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> hooey not even a joke um I think I don't know it just seems too clumsy to be a hired professional assassin or even just like a knife you wouldn't just like slit the per- you know what I mean like it seems so clumsy to just like have all of that happen. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. If, I mean, are there like, yeah. And also this could be a, our American point of view. We're like in movies. We're like, yeah, he had a full suit. He was professional. <laughs> yeah. He laid yeah, down he the was, tarp. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing, he was holding an umbrella at the top of the hill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every hitman's a professional. Yeah, yeah. 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 He has a barcode on the back of his head. We know hitman. <laughs> I found some Italian actors. Okay, give us a <laughs> list of Italian actors. This is on IMDb. There's a list Italian actors in Hollywood next to the list of <laughs> sexy, ugly celebrities. <laughs> okay, thanks. Who's making these lists? Who's doing it? Who's number one on the uh, list, Stones? I don't know. How, do, how are they rating this? Why is there a number system? <laughs> number one is Antonio Cupo. Oh, okay. There you go. And it sounds like Koopa... Mario, Koopa Koopa Andrew. There it is. It all comes together. Anyway. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Check out the socials, mondaymorningmacabre.com, mmmacabrepod on Twitter, and mondaymorningmacabre on Instagram. Keep sending in your suggestions. Uh, we appreciate Thank you again uh, to Sarah underscore 06 for your, for your assistance in this episode. We appreciate people sending in. We've got a lot in the hopper, so we're getting through all the suggestions. But thank you again. And uh, let us know what you think about the Mario casting. Yeah, let us know in the comments. Leave who you think would be Goomba (laughs) based on these casting choices. It has to be what's his face? Uh, Al Pacino. (laughs) Yeah, they jump on his head, and he gives the last hoo-ah of his life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and uh, yeah, have a good Monday. Hua, hua, boy. <laughs>